we are just, we're just being screwed left and right, and they don't know what uh, Vaseline or KY is. Okay, I'm. I, I, I said. I said. This city is just ripping us from from sternum to butthole. This is sick. This is tired. And how much longer are we going to take it? Welcome to the Africana Magazine News Podcast. I'm your host, Eugene Brown. At Cousins, you'll be able to create your own brand. Self Africana Magazine News Africana Magazine at gmail.com is my email address. It was recorded in the Elizabeth Brown Studios in Baltimore, Maryland. Africana Magazine News presents today's podcast is about an interview that took place on the Patrick Henderson show and the uh, person who was interviewed is named Dr. Lindsay Bean. Dr. Bean uh, is a health department official here in Baltimore, Maryland and she outlined and I quote the genocide that's taking place in Baltimore, Maryland and specifically in the Parkites community. Dr. Lindsay explains that while uh, many people who were incarcerated a lot of times unfairly and unconstitutionally according to the uh, dissent degree uh, that's taking place here in Baltimore, uh, while they were imprisoned they lived a uh, different sexual lifestyle. And upon their release and being placed back in the uh, community, they now um, went back. They went back to their former lifestyle, heterosexual lifestyle, and uh, and are literally passing on uh, the HIV virus. She goes into detail uh, in reference to. Uh, the studies that have taken place and the various agencies that are aware of the problem but actually they do nothing and nothing has been done to rectify the situation. Uh, Institutions like the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, and others, including the Baltimore uh, City Health Department, to exacerbate the problem, what is what is what is taking place now is that the Parkites community uh, has been literally torn down, and a lot of the people who came out of prison are now and have been um, disseminated, distributed to other uh, communities. 
and the problem is now being, uh, you know, again, exacerbated. So when these people go into other communities, this disease is now, um, you know, exponentially being reproduced. Yeah, hence her uh, accusation that this is genocide. You decide for yourself, is this genocide? Is it unconscionable? Is it, uh, is it reckless? What's going on? Uh, you be the judge. I hope you enjoy this podcast. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, comments and response to the uh, podcast. Thank you very much. Africana Magazine can be heard on Anchor.fm. And if you would ever like to get back and uh, discuss any of the issues that we lay out on Africana Magazine news, uh, you can do so. So you go to Africana Magazine news, search that on Anchor.fm. Whether you have an Android phone or an iPhone, you could go to the App Store, download Anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F as in Frank and M as in Mary. And uh, download the app. It's a free app. You don't have to pay anything. It's a free app. Once you get that application, you can interact with me. What I mean by that is you can call, leave messages on a messenger uh, port, the messenger portion of the application, and uh, you can can communicate with me directly. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. Dr. Bean, I met you the other night and I was shocked by how long you've been doing what you've been trying to accomplish at Park Heights and how you've not only been ignored, but totally uh, uh, kicked to the curb in the programs that you initially planned or that you've been trying to get going there. Would you tell us a little bit about what it was, what your intentions were and have been for Park Heights? Wow. Well, please call me Lindsay. Um, So I started working in Southern Park Heights in 1995. And when I say Southern Park Heights, I'm using the HUD boundaries that were established in 1972. So it's Northern Parkway south to Park Circle, Greenspring on the east and Wabash on the west. And um, this is one of the problems, by the way, if I can diverge for a minute. This is one of the problems in... Southern Park Heights, Um, if you map out, and I'm in the process of doing this now, if you map out the boundaries of all the different levels of government and all the city agencies, the police, the health department, the planning department, DSS, schools, etc., none of these boundaries are consistent. They are all different. So by the time you're done drawing all of the different boundaries of city services and, and, you know, city council, all of that, there's, it's, a, it's a mess. It's a complete mess. And what that, what that shows is that nobody is held accountable 
for this community. And it's a very succinct community. You know, Northern Parkway is a is a essentially a highway, an inner city highway. And then on Greenspring, you've got a lot of woods. You've got uh, Interstate 83. You've got a hospital and a and an upscale uh, development. And then on Wabash, you've got a lot of train tracks and fencing and industrial buildings and so on. So it's not that it's insular, but in a way it is sort of held captive, if you will, by the simply by the the uh, coincidence of physical boundaries. Okay. And uh, so it it has become a hotspot for some very devastating problems: HIV, violence, drug activity, etc. And it, it's not something that flows out across Northern Parkway to the north or even west to Ashburton or east. There's nowhere for it to go to. And I'm, I'm not saying that there aren't many neighborhoods like this in Baltimore, but it's kind of unique physically with its boundaries. But there is no city agency that is focused on this community as a whole. And it is a whole community. It's taken a long time for this community to self-identify and to really come together as a community, but it's doing that, and it's been doing that. It's been trying to do that. But these boundaries create all sorts of problems. I mean, even the police, you know, and their boundary goes right through the middle of, of Park Heights vertically, north mm -hmm. to south. It's not even a straight line. It's not even Park Heights Avenue. It's, it's just Pimlico a bizarre road Pimlico and, Road, yeah. and then it juts out here and juts over there. You know, it, it's just, it's craziness. So, uh, you know... Uh, Somehow you, you get drawn into Park Heights for one reason or another, and it's very hard to let go. I, I've tried to let go over the years. You know, it's been now uh, well over 20 years. And, but, but I get drawn back in by the people. The people are extraordinary. There's so much love. There's so much dedication. There's so much um, of the beloved community left, even though it's, it's really a devastated community. Um, but one of my uh, focuses in Park Heights has been on the public health statistics. That's my background, public health. I went to Morgan State University. Mm -hmm. And um, every time I look into to really any topic, can be education, can be housing, can be criminal justice, can be um, chronic disease, it can be any topic you can possibly think of. Every time I look into the data, the, the rates in Southern Park Heights and even in Baltimore City as a whole are worse than, than I could ever have imagined. It, it's really shocking. So um, a number of years ago, uh, Dr. Sharfstein was the health commissioner at the time. Harvard University published a, a life expectancy study. They used 20 years of data, and they studied the entire country. Out of 3,143 counties across the country, and, you know, Baltimore City is an independent city, so it's, it's uh, treated as if it's a county because it's not in Baltimore County. Um, out of more than 3,000 counties, Baltimore City, for life expectancy, ranked eight from the bottom. All seven counties below that were located on counties in rural South Dakota. All of them are inside of either the Pine Ridge or the Rosebud Indian Reservations. And, it, it, you know, when you see something like that, it's stunning. It's really stunning. Life expectancy for black men in Baltimore is around 58. Life expectancy for Japanese-American women in New Jersey is over 90. There's more than a 30-year discrepancy between people that have the lowest life expectancy and people that have the highest. And, and I keep talking about Park Heights and, and Baltimore City as if we have... It, it's, like, it's like putting Denmark and Haiti in the same city. Wow. 
Mm. And, and there were even rates of infant mortality. Years ago when I started this work mm -hmm. in the 1990s, the infant mortality rate among African Americans citywide, not just Park Heights, was equivalent to Haiti. You know, and, and, and people don't look at this. They, a lot of the data are reported citywide. Some of them are even reported statewide. And so we talk about HIV rates, and, you know, Maryland is very high up on the list. I think it's number two at this point. It fluctuates Between among the top and ten. Mm -hmm. and absolutely. I use the, the word genocide uh, cautiously, but I find myself using it frequently. Yes. Well, because that's exactly what's happening. Yes. yes ma'am. And we yes. don't want to admit it is it's an ugly word. And you don't want to put that, use it lightly. But my God. So well, I, there's well, been a thought lingering in my mind for a long time that neighborhoods such as Southern Park Heights uh, ought to have a class action lawsuit Amen. against the federal, state, and city government. Amen. Um, and that would take a huge amount of effort. Of course, we have a reporter here, and this is all about exposing something, that the government knows all of this. You know, when I discover something, so I, I did a, a, a project looking into the data of HIV in Southern Park Heights, and I came up to a rate that was shocking. Um, it was 46% of males in Southern Park Heights could possibly be infected. That's wow. one out of two. Mm -hmm. That's where the word genocide just popped into my head. And I took that number, that rate, because I thought I was crazy. You know, I redid it over and over and over. It wasn't even fancy math. I, I took it just from the um, government data, mm -hmm. and I took that final percent to the CDC and the State AIDS Administration, when it was called that a long while ago, and I took it to both the Deputy Director and the Chief of Surveillance for the State of Maryland. And do you know what they said? We know. Mm -hmm. What? When that came out of their mouths, and that came out in separate conversations, but when that came out of their mouths, I, you know, I practically fell off my chair, and I thought, I don't know which shocks me worse, that, that this is possible or that they know. Because if they do know, where are the alarm bells? Where are, where's the Army? Where's the National Guard? Where's the World Health Organization? Where, where is the help that we need? Because the, the other thing is, with something like HIV, we know how to prevent it. Mm -hmm. We know how to treat it, but we also know how to prevent it. Yes. It's not easy, mm -hmm. but we have a whole cadre of people that are hired by FQH, the Federally Qualified Health Centers, and clinics, and the health department to do this work, to interface with people on the street, in their homes, in the clinics. We know how to do it, mm -hmm. but we get peanuts for funding. That the AIDS epidemic is being spread, I believe, through the city jail. Because those men are down there, boys gonna be boys, I don't care what you said, when the lights go go off, somebody gonna take care of some business down there. Okay, so I suggested to her that they put condoms in the city jail because this would stop those boys who coming out and don't want nobody to know that they fool around from going to their girls and giving them their girlfriends that disease because they don't want nobody to know who they are. And the girl, well, why you got to wear a condom? You know, well, what's up with that? And they don't want to know. But she has not been, she has not done one thing that we know of. Am I right, Jason? Have we, did she ever respond back to us? She, she did say that she sent a letter to the warden uh, to inquire about it, but that, that was it. Um, and I've checked up with Mona Rock several times, uh, and they have yet to get a response back from the warden. I would think that you would be proactive 
and would seek the answers even if you have to go down to the court yourself. You would think, I mean, when you consider that this is just, 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 I mean, all these young men that are down there that are coming out and infecting their, their mates, you would think that this would be just at the top of the list if you really cared. There's another one, though. There's another one about the, the water fountains in our schools. How long has this been going on? What, 30, 40 years? Decades. They've known that this lead is there. And what have they done? They're buying water now. When now we heard that they adopted a couple of schools, they're going to put filtration systems on. Why did it, that take them so long? I'm sorry, y'all. Let's just be realistic here. This looks like genocide. The life expectancy of a black man in Baltimore is just 58 years. Come on, we got to be serious about this. this is not a time to play. This is not sensationalism. This is we need to wake up and see what is being done to our people in the city, city where we are a majority of the population. Absolutely. I use the, the word genocide uh, cautiously, but I find myself using it frequently. Yes. Well, because look at that's statistics. exactly what's happening. Yes, yes ma'am. And we yes. don't want to admit it is an ugly word. and You don't want to put that, use it lightly. But my God, you got to take a look at what's going on and call it what it is. Because if you don't, then you know, listen, the future of our people in this city, the, the future of our people in America is on the chopping block. My podcast is now available on Anchor FM, Google Podcast, and Spotify. It is also available on Breaker and Radio Public.